<clears throat> I'd like this morning to um, reflect on Buddhist, the Buddhist um, psychology teachings <clears throat> on feelings, which are uh, in the, the Pali word is Vedna, and um, I mentioned them earlier in the retreat, <clears throat> and um, that that feelings in uh, in Buddhist teaching have a particular uh, meaning that there there's a kind of a technical quality to it, and and that is that um, with every sensory experience there arises a tone, a feeling tone that's either pleasant or unpleasant, or uh, the, the more literal translation is neither pleasant nor unpleasant, and it's been kind of shorthanded to neutral. Um, <clears throat> so, so this has a, an important uh, connection to the hindrances, which I, I spoke about yesterday, and, and some people have given feedback that those talking about the hindrances is really uh, helpful because um, we, when we recognize that, you know, the, the drivenness uh, and the obsessive qualities of our thoughts and our, you know, our fantasies and, you know, different processes that go on in the body-mind um, are coming out of these hindrances, uh, that's that the, these are the underlying kind of energies underneath those thoughts. You know, we don't so much look at the content of the thought and get caught up in the content of the thought, but have a, a more of an understanding of what's driving the thoughts and the fantasies and inner conversations and so on. So, you know, like recognizing that there are these energies of, of sense desire and aversion and uh, delusion or sloth and torpor or um, dullness of mind uh, and, <clears throat> and restlessness and doubt, these um, recognizing that, that there's a, a kind of a universal um, characteristic that one can not so much get stuck in the content, but actually look more uh, usefully at the nature of the drivenness. And, um, and so, um, so actually in this discourse that I've been teaching from the Satipatthana Sutta, the Buddha d didn't actually get around to teaching the hindrances until the third foundation. Um, so first establishing mindfulness in the body, and then uh, in, in the ways that I've been teaching. And, and then, secondly, uh, mindfulness of feelings. And then only then, uh, mindfulness of mental states. And, um, and so feelings is kind of a, a, <coughs> uh, a preliminary understanding because actually in our experience, the feelings come up before the, the mental states. Um, and, uh, and of course, I just want to add parenthetically that in mental states, it's not only 
these hindrances, but they're also very wholesome mental states that the Buddha talks about and that we can be cultivating and and discovering in our mind. So it's not all, you know, it's not all bad news. Uh, it's, uh, it's just, you know, we're, we're focusing on, on what's uh, causing suffering. It's, we're focusing on what's creating suffering so that it can be abandoned. That's the first, you know, kind of ways that we, to, to discover where there is, uh, you know, cause, the causes of suffering so that we can let those go. And uh, and then and then we can also. It's not it's not that we do only one <coughs> and then the other, but but when there's just a, a lot of suffering, it's hard to um, have space for uh, the the joy, the love, the generosity. It's you know it's complex. We're we're calling forth these qualities uh, at the same time. But um, just in teaching, we focus on one thing um, and then another. And so, um, so feelings. And so, in in uh, in Buddha's teaching on the body and mind, um, the Buddha pointed out that uh, we're taking in all kinds of information through our senses, you know, of course we know that. Um, and, uh, and so uh, breaking that down and looking at it, um, so there's a sense object, uh, so say a sound, so that sense object is sound waves that we that are created by the striking of the bell and and we need a sense organ in order to um, to hear that uh, and so um, if if there's no hearing organ uh, then you know if if we're deaf our ears are not functioning the inner ear um, then, then uh, there'll be no hearing. So, so we need a sense object, we need a sense organ, and we also need what the Buddha called sense consciousness. And so he said there are different kinds of consciousness. So the, you know, the Buddha wasn't a neuroscientist, um, but it's, it's kind of interesting that some of the things that the Buddha pointed out, or the way he ways he taught, are not inconsistent with what um, neuroscience is discovering about about the brain and the body and and how we how we receive um, sensory information. So, so again, um, you know, if there's no sense consciousness, then then the you know hearing consciousness, for example then there's, um, there's no hearing. So if for some reason the brain is um, impaired or, or uh, the person is unconscious, then no hearing takes place. So we need, we need sense, sense object, sense organ, sense consciousness. And, and, and then with, when those three are present, um, 
the, an experience happens that the Buddha called sense contact. So sense contact means that that there's a sense experience, and and the Buddha said that co-arising, so arising at the same time with uh, sense contact, are these feeling tones, um, and other things as well, which act upon e- the one, one another. So. So another thing that arises is perception. Um, I'm going to not talk about that right now. But feeling tone is this sense of um, pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. And, And so you might, when I ring the bell, you might experience that as a pleasant sound. That might be a pleasant sound. Um, but the feeling tone is not necessarily inherent in the sound itself. So, so when you hear that sound at the end, toward the end of a sitting, you know, or at the end of a sitting, and you, you know, your knees are aching, and you, um, you know, you're you're really feeling like you're ready to shift your posture and uh, and you're waiting for that sound, um, then, then it's also influenced by perception uh, that, yes, that, that's a signal that you can release your posture and, uh, and whatever is uncomfortable can be relieved. On the other hand, you might be in a deep samadhi uh, deep, deep um, meditation, uh, very mi- mind very collected, settled. And then when you hear that sound, there might be a, a slight unpleasant sensation or, or uh, experience, feeling tone, because, because you know associated with that sound, everybody's going to start moving and you just want to stay and continue meditating. So, so sounds or other sensory experiences uh, can be pleasant sometimes and unpleasant other times and other times neutral. Um, another example is um, if you've been standing for a long time, it feels pleasant to sit down. And then you've been sitting for a long time, it feels pleasant to stand up. So... Uh, the body wants to move. Um, so, so there, there's this continuum of experience, uh, sense, sense objects, sense organs, sense consciousness, sense contact, and then the co-arising of uh, feeling tone with contact, vedna, and and then, um, when the mind clings to the feeling, which is pleasant, then from that feeling tone arises craving. Um, so there's a, a grasping to hold on to it, to want more. So, um, 
and then, or craving can also describe aversion when there's a resistance. So, so when the feeling tone uh, is experienced as unpleasant, and um, and the mind resists, wants to push away, or get rid of it, or or turn away from it, then then craving is manifested as uh, as resistance or avoidance or you know wanting it to disappear, not be there. And um, and so craving is that movement of the mind to to grasp or cling, uh, and that's um, to, uh, sorry to, uh, that craving clinging is the next step, uh, which I'll talk about in a moment. Um, so that craving is is at the root of the um, of the hindrances. So. And then clinging, which kind of is the next step, uh, is when craving arises and we're kind of lost in it. So the mind starts um, thinking, thinking, uh, wanting, not wanting, how am I going to get more of that, Uh, how am I going to get rid of that. So we're really caught up in the whole world of, of of clinging, um, and and so um, so so actually, when we become sensitive to recognizing feeling tone, that's a a very helpful uh, space to cultivate mindfulness, because we can experience sensory experiences as pleasant without craving arising. We can experience um, uh, sensory experiences as unpleasant without craving arising to get rid of it. Uh, we, we can just be open to the experience. So, so um, just uh, I want to explore more the, <clears throat> the actual experience of feeling tone so that so that you, um, if you don't have a sense of it, uh, that you can kind of get it. Uh, and it, and we also feel, we experience these feeling tones in the body. So, so one place where uh, feeling tone can arise is, um, yes, this physical body sensation. So, uh, you know, so right now I'm, I'm feeling, uh, you know, kind of traveling from my hip toward my knee, a little bit of soreness. There's, um, there's, uh, I have some soreness in my hip, and it's kind of a chronic thing. And so, you know, often I'm feeling it in the background, and it's, it's unpleasant. It's unpleasant, um, not intensely unpleasant. Feeling tones can have a kind of a, a spectrum. There can be, you know, like uh, a piece of hair hanging in front of your your face, or a little itch uh, that you feel on your skin. In in meditation, you know, might be slightly unpleasant. 
and uh, and so then you know we can just practice uh, observing the unpleasantness of the sensation and that aris arising with it there's an unpleasantness um, uh, there's uh, you might feel a little bit cold you know like uh, right now I can feel my feet are a little bit cold it's it's a little bit on the side of unpleasant you know but I don't need to you know cover up my feet it's it's okay um, you might feel a little bit warm you know so so uh, you, know, you might kind of want to um, like you might have a sweater or a shawl on and you might want to in when you're in meditation you might want to just say oh I'd be a little more comfortable if uh, if my shoulders were uncovered and uh, you know so I'm a little bit it's a little unpleasant this degree of warmth and you know so but maybe maybe you can just be with it so that you're not moving you're not disturbing your meditation you're not disturbing you know the people around you um, and uh, and then maybe there might be just a much more intense feeling of unpleasant. It might be, uh, a, you know, a, just an intense pain in one of the joints, or um, or a feeling in the pit of your stomach, like you know you're going to throw up, uh, or you know. So, and then of course there are even more intense pains than that. And so, so um, so then this might call for some kind of action to to either move your your posture so you're not kind of exacerbating an injury that you might have or or you know if you feel like you're going to throw up you leave the hall uh, so um, so there are degrees of intensity and um, and then you know we we moderate or uh, decide what kind of action or non-action will happen as, you know, in, in accord with the degree. Um, so, uh, one of the ways, one, there's one teacher, a Burmese um, physician who teaches meditation, um, who, who uses the word uh, the words like and and dislike for pleasant and unpleasant so so that might be a little more accessible if you're having a hard time getting a sense of pleasant and unpleasant so you know you might you might uh, look out <clears throat> at the window and see the snow covered trees and it might evoke uh, a, a sense of pleasant. It's pleasant. Uh, you might appreciate the beauty of it, uh, or you might um, find it unpleasant because snow. Um, you know, maybe you have some kind of mobility concern. Snow is a difficult thing for you. Um, so, so liking, disliking. It's a little bit more toward the. Uh, Kind of in the direction of craving, but it's not necessarily uh, kind of caught in craving at that time. 
um, at that point, liking, disliking. Um, so, so when we find ourselves in craving, and craving can be, you know, grasping or aversion, um, or it can be, you know, the dullness, the, the, the torpor is a way of kind of tuning out, um, turning off, becoming unconscious, um, maybe feeling overwhelmed by things. It's another feeling tone, uh, ignoring. Um, and, um, and restlessness and doubt. Restlessness has a kind of, um, uh, it can have a quality of, uh, of desire or aversiveness to it. Uh, there's certainly grasping and aversiveness in there. And doubt also has, uh, you know, elements of grasping and aversiveness in it as well. Um, kind of always wanting something different. I think I need a different teaching or doubting myself. Uh, can I do this? It's a kind of aversiveness. Um, so, so these the 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 fourth and fifth of the hindrances, you know, really have um, elements of the first and second in them. So, so really getting to know the first three hindrances helps a lot in in dealing with the fourth and fifth. So when we notice that there's craving, um, so, you know, kind of finding underneath that there may be a, uh, just a pleasant experience that, that somebody, something, you know, you want more of. Like, um, you know, like maybe after you had a piece of carrot cake last, at yesterday's lunch, you know, and then you thought, oh, I want another one, you know, but you're already full. So, you know, so, so there's, you know, so they're, oh, pleasant. You know, that was, that was pleasant to eat that carrot cake. It was, it was really good. And, and, uh, and, let me just notice what this craving feels like in the body. You know, what is this like to have this? I want more. I want more. I want more. Or, uh, or um, you know, you you see uh, some object, maybe uh, an object of clothing that somebody's wearing, and you say, "Oh, that's really nice." You know, I'd like one of those and oh I have so many already uh, or I don't really need that uh, and then just notice oh there's the it's pleasant I, I like you know I liked to see the object and you know and then there's the wanting uh, or um, or you take a walk in the snow you know uh, that was so beautiful. Uh, you know, I want to go. I want to go again. 
you know, maybe I'll skip meditation <laughs> and go out and walk in the snow uh, so that I want to repeat the experience again and again and again. What more? Or, um, or, uh, you know, I, um, I found I found the meditation difficult, um, like finding. Oh, I sit down to meditate, and um, and after twenty minutes, uh, I feel soreness in my knees. It's unpleasant. So I don't want to meditate. I don't want to sit down. I don't want to uh, experience that. So there's the unpleasant sensation, and then there's the pushing away, the avoiding, the not wanting, the wanting to get rid of it. Um, the, uh, uh, so, and and you know, if meditation is an unpleasant experience, uh, sometimes people just stop doing it, and so you know, it's important to be quite open to the possibility that that your knees might not hurt the next sitting. Sometimes these, uh, these sensations just change because maybe uh, we're more relaxed or uh, the body's adjusted or we find a different way of sitting. <coughs> so. And then of course there are mental experiences. So a lot of uh, the, the craving clinging comes about because some thought arises, maybe it's there's a sound and the sound, the mind kind of uh, connects to the sound, associates something with the sound, or maybe just there's a little um, for whatever reason, a thought comes to mind, an unpleasant thought, a memory uh, comes up and um, and it's a pa- maybe it's a painful memory, uh, something somebody said or did. Your feelings were hurt. You felt um, misunderstood, and uh, and then the mind just is gone. <laughs> the mind has gone into the drama, lost, you know, in in a, a drama which is a. A state of suffering, you know, and and um, it could be anger or it could be avoidance. Sometimes we go to sleep, or or sometimes we start having some kind of other fantasy because we want to avoid the unpleasant feeling associated with with the. Um, with the thought. So, people are standing up. I'm, I think I'm putting people to sleep. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so just, just noticing, going back and recognizing, oh, that thought, uh, I felt it in a way that felt painful. You know, like, oh, there it was, that thought. It hurt. 
It's a, it's a painful memory. Let me just, let me just, can I, just in my meditation, feeling it, feeling my breath, feeling the whole body, allowing that memory which has a painful emotion associated with it. I just let it resonate in my body for a few moments. And, and it's like, you know, a pebble. It's in the water. The ripples kind of go out. Pebble drops to the bottom. And then the water uh, becomes still again when we just let it be. When we don't keep roiling the waters by throwing more pebbles in. But just let it be, um, and uh, and it settles. So um, so that awareness of of pleasantness, unpleasantness is can be very helpful. Pleasantness, it's you know, it's not so much a problem when we find things ple- pleasant. Um, I mean, it's not necessarily a pro- problem when we find things to be unpleasant either. It's only a problem when we push it away. But, but the pleasant, it's only, you know, if we can just, oh, there it is. I, I, I mean, I remember um, these memories of early retreats, they're, they're so strong because they're kind of these discoveries, you know, watching a sunset, it was fall, there was this beautiful birch tree, there was, you know, these amazing red, purple colored sky behind the tree. And so, you know, I was so struck by the beauty of it. And then as I felt that in my body, just also feeling the, the clinging, you know, that there was this you know, kind of grasping at the moment, and I mean, and that's you know the epitome of futility, right? Trying to hold on to a sunset. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so, you know, just really seeing it. Oh, yeah, yeah, suffering, um, and and so, just you know, we can allow the beauty of the world to touch our hearts, you know, and know how. Um, how transient it is, how ephemeral. Um, and in a way, that can, that can enhance the, the beauty of it, the preciousness of it, uh, when we're open to that dimension. You know, the neutral experience, it's harder to, to really uh, get a sense of because the mind doesn't really cling to it, grasp it, or the mind doesn't react to it in the same way. It tends the way we react to to ephemeral uh, to to sorry to neutral experiences is is mainly that we ignore them. So so for example, um, you know, without turning around, you know, do you do you remember the color of the wall behind you? Uh, so it's neutral. It's kind of a beige color, you know. 
It's, it, we don't really take it in. It doesn't impinge on us. You know, if it were a brilliant blue or purple, or you know, it would we notice it. But these neutral experiences, we tend to just they tend to just wash over us. So, so the way we can be mindful of neutral is to, you know, really bring that kind of interested awareness to even um, unexciting experiences. So, so I uh, like to invite you to to notice as as you move into your meditation, and you you're aware of uh, sensory experience, remembering that experiences of the mind are also considered sensory experiences in in um, Buddhist psychology, and. Um, and so we and so we can um, also have visual experiences as well as conceptual experiences in the mind, and um, and even auditory experiences. Sometimes we hear, we may hear sounds arising that are not actually coming from the external environment. So um, and and to to notice, like you may react to them with. Uh, grasping or resistance and and when you notice that or if you notice that or maybe you notice it downstream at the point of clinging when your mind is is uh, kind of all worked up about it and making a plan to get more or how to avoid it uh, just maybe look look back and recognize that there was a pleasant or unpleasant experience, um, or neutral experience, maybe that puts you to sleep, um, but more likely pleasant, unpleasant, that uh, that you're reacting to, and so becoming sensitive to that, and um, and recognizing that you know these pleasant that you don't decide, you don't. We don't decide about whether we experience something as pleasant or unpleasant. It just is. It just arises in that way. We're not in control of of whether we experience something as pleasant, unpleasant. It's. Uh, it just arises with the sensory experience. And uh, and so, just recognizing that oh, it just arose with the sensation, and and. Um, it comes and goes. It comes and goes. We don't need to crave and cling and react and um, uh, get all caught up about it. So, so let's explore that in, as we sit now. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.